Hello and welcome to uh, another episode of Grapple Pie. My name is Daniel Swan. Thank you so much for listening. Um, it was Money in the Bank tonight. Um, I'm recording this about half ten, so Money in the Bank has been over for, uh, I don't know, about two and a half, three hours. But then I had to watch the Game 7 of the NBA Finals after it. It was a, it was a classic Sophie's Choice for me, whether to watch Money in the Bank first or NBA first. And I chose Money in the Bank, and I'm pleased I did because it was a great show. Um, but then... I did get Game 7 spoiled for me of the NBA Finals, which really pissed me off, um, especially because Cleveland won. Fucking arseholes. Anyway, that's basketball. That's nothing to do with... That's a real sport. There's nothing to do with wrestling. Um, but yeah, money in the bank. Um, a lot to talk about. So let's just dive straight in. Let's just dive straight in and not do any of this fucking about. Um, kicking off with a... Um, I'm not going to talk about the pre-show either because I only kind of half watched one of the matches and didn't watch the other match even though the from what I saw the um Breezango um Golden Truth match looked to be pretty funny um obviously building on their ridiculous you know the Golden Truth locking them in their kind of two-man tanning booth uh, and them coming out with like really nasty looking kind of burns on their skin and they were doing lots of chops and getting you know so it looked pretty funny which is good um, obviously when it's not necessarily the most serious feud you might as well just fucking go for it uh, and go full on comedy and it looked like they did and as much as the Golden Truth won which I didn't want it makes sense for them to win that match and you know th- th- there are mitigating circumstances so maybe you know um, Brizango don't necessarily look like they're super weak um, stupid sure but not super weak so that's fine and then the Lucha Dragons versus the Dudleys I, I, I kind of had it on in the background and didn't really pay too much attention to it but um, I'm glad the Lucha Dragons won they needed a bit of a boost after um, getting uh, absolutely destroyed by Rusev uh, on Thursday on Smackdown um, so that all worked out so it's, it's fine it's fine a couple of fine matches um, and then you start off the proper um pay-per-view uh with more tag action they're just getting all the tag matches out of the way uh, straight off um which is always good um because enzo and Cass and the new day are both teams that are super over so always good to start off pay-per-view uh with a happy piece of music that everyone can get on board with lots of insults going back and forth enzo and Cass do a, a fun little kind of vegas referencing little thing um the vaude villains come out with, with their quite manly t-shirts which are great because for anyone else it's like well, they're not super manly they're quite manly but for them it's like we are quite manly um which is great i i really like their gimmick i think it's a shame that they don't seem to be getting super over but i think people were booing them which is good i mean i don't know how much that was just because they interrupted enzo and Cass, but um i think it was doing all right uh, and then the new day came out and did some insults and called the Ford villains monopoly men which went down pretty well and then obviously mentioned that they were the elite team uh tag team in the uh, industry which is obviously a knock against the bullet club who have the elite uh, members of the Bullet Club, which are the Young Bucks and uh, Kenny Omega um, in Ring of Honor. Uh, so that was pretty funny. I thought the kind of little smarky comments that I think, I think the New Day, is, you know, I think they're, they're good for doing that. I think that's, um, yeah, appealing to the kind of fans that they have, I think, which works out well. Um, I, th- I thought this match was all right. I mean, as uh, anybody, as long-time listeners uh, not that there probably are any, but if there are any long-term listeners, you'll know my general disdain for any tag match that involves more than four people. Once it gets to six-man and eight-man tags and, you know, 
anything like this four corner tags or whatever i just feel like there's too many people um so the sooner that it can break down and everybody's just getting involved and running in and whatnot the better uh, and this this broke down pretty quickly um which i thought was good uh, the, i thought it was quite funny that they had their kind of you know all eight people are in the ring at the same time but biggie and kofi were kind of separated and biggie kind of had to scooch around um the club which i thought was uh quite a funny little thing uh and it was good it was it was it was fine i always think that with the with this kind of match with the four corners match where anyone can tag anyone in uh when it's a tag team match i always think like wouldn't it be a great heel tactic for a heel to tag in from the person like for both members of a tag team to tag in at the same time and then one of them trying to pin the other pin the other one because then it's like they still get the pinfall i always think that's that would be a great idea to to get some heat of uh, a great way to kind of cheat them cheat their way into a victory um uh cass as ever booked super strong he's booked like roman reign strong he's crazy there wwe is super into him um which is fine i think he looks good i th- i think it's a shame that he does talk um as well in the promos because obviously Enzo is a very, very good talker. And Cass isn't bad. There are worse talkers, of course, but it's like he comes off very poorly by comparison. Um, but in terms of in ring, he does all right. Um, pretty, you know, pretty solid uh, stuff, except for that jumping elbow drop. Get rid of that. Hate that. That's <laughs> not good at all. And they did their kind of, what they call it, rocket launcher thing, which I maintain is a shitty finisher. Like, just, there are other things that you could do. Big Cass has obviously got absolutely nothing to do with it, so stop stop trying to pretend that it does, or make it look better. Um, and then all, towards the end, it all got a little bit botchy, didn't it? It was all a little bit, there was a botch with kind of Kofi and Simon Gotch, where Enzo fell over when he shouldn't have done. Uh, and then it was all, there was a, an interminable amount of time where Big E had picked up Carl Anderson, and uh, Luke Gallows was just standing there, obviously waiting for Big Cass to to come in and make the save. And it just, I hate moments like that because it's like, you know, I don't know, like from times where I've been kind of on stage or performing or acting or whatever. And when something goes wrong, you just think, oh, it's the worst feeling in the world. So I always, I, I'm too empathetic, I think. I just, I just care too goddamn much. It's always my problem. Um, and then it all broke down and it was it was fine and it, yeah the, the ending kind of led it down a little bit but overall i thought it was i thought it was still a pretty good match um the ending worked out um okay um new day retained i said that the, i thought the club would win um but i'm absolutely fine with new day retaining i think with them winning this time i think that's a pretty much guarantee that they're going to beat london and kendrick for their um tag team title kind of longest ever reign thing which is fine because you know i think the new day are a great example of a you know a group of people who've got themselves over uh, and i think that's always something that needs to be uh, applauded when they haven't got over because they've been given an amazing gimmick or they've been booked to the moon or whatever it's they've just got given kind of maybe a shitty gimmick that other people most possibly wouldn't have wanted um and they've made it their own they've had fun with it and they've they've turned it into something great which is you know absolutely all credit to them um then after that, we get uh, a kind of backstage interview with Kevin Owens and Y2J and Del Rio, which just seemed entirely improvised. It was it was it was like something 
terrible had gone on in the ring or they needed to set something up huge in the ring and they were just like just just more just keep on talking guys just really like off camera someone was like just talk more we, we need this to last for like six minutes they're like but we've got like a two minute thing planned so it kind of went on and went on and went on um but it was funny man um kevin owens is always great as a snarky piece of shit um jericho had one of the best WWE lines in a good long while or obviously um, Del Rio was calling everybody a perro at the moment in terms of dog but you know uh, means dog in Spanish and obviously saying that perro is you know a couple of perro a, a perro idiots which I thought was very very good um, and then Tom Phillips at the end once Kevin Owens and uh, Del Rio had left and Jericho opens his eyes and realizes they've left. Todd Phillips just brings the microphone up. I thought that was great comedy timing as well. So, yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, JBL had a great line for the first time in a good long while as well. Um, talking about, uh, obviously, it's in Las Vegas. Uh, and he said that he spent a month here last night, which I thought was a lovely little turn of phrase. Really very evocative. Well done, JBL. I'm sure it's like an old kind of, oh, it's an old timer kind of saying that, uh, boo do 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 I've never heard it before, so yeah, credit to him. Um, they did the thing at the beginning of the next match where they introduced the foreign announced teams that every single time they do it, everybody always takes too long and ends up getting cut off, which is as embarrassing, I think, as, you know, in a, a acting award show where somebody goes, somebody gets the kind of playing them off music at the end of their speech you just think just keep it you know how long it is you've been doing it since wrestlemania 32 just keep it very very brief the, this is going to be the main event we're really excited blah 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 done and then move on the only the only people and i'm going to give them a shout out even though there's no chance that this will ever get back to them but i'm going to give it a shout out because that's what shout outs are about um the japanese team old finaki and whoever he was with they were the only ones who didn't get cut off by the cameraman just like oh, fuck it I'm, I'm bored i'm bored of you um then we get corbin ziggler and they had the toughest job of the thing because nobody cared like they're a boring chance pretty much straight away um because uh, nobody nobody cares this is like the 18th time and bear in mind like I realized when I start when I was watching this and I was saying, oh, this is you know this is a feud that started the day after WrestleMania, and it started with a match. So that's another match. It's not just the pay per view matches and the other match that they had in between um, Payback and Extreme Rules that Corbin won that I thought was like the end of it, and then they had the Extreme Rules and then they had the weird kind of oh I'm, we're going to have a, a wrestling match but I'm just going to kick you in the dick. So this is like one two three four five. This is the sixth match between them, none of which have had any except for the no disqualification match, but that didn't really play a part in it until the end. Like six just straight wrestling matches between them. It's impossible. What, not impossible but very very improbable uh, very unlikely to keep people's attention for that amount of time um, and it was fine uh, obviously there was the botch when Ziggler tried to kind of jump over the stairs um, but it was going to be it was lucky that it was the move was going to be reversed anyway so that I thought the commentators covered for it very well said you know it was that stumble that allowed Corbin to reverse it into the deep six on the outside which did look quite good um, but it's, yeah I even wrote the note please end this um, because it's just I, I don't care anymore it was a fine match but it's you know we've seen it before um, and then two twice after um, it had finished uh, they said well this is the end of the rivalry <laughs> so 
fingers crossed, fingers crossed, if two commentators mention it, um, then that must be true, surely, surely. Uh, and then hopefully they can both go on to better things. They can both do better than this. Um, then we get the women's tag match, which was never really likely to be a, a, a kind of a classic, unfortunately. Um, I, I, you know, as I said in my predictions video, I like the women's division. I think they did really, really well at WrestleMania. They were, it was the best match on the card at WrestleMania, but it's ever since it's just been a bit of a damp squib. Um, partly because as we saw, um, as soon as the match started, there were, we want Sasha chance. Everybody wants Sasha. Of course they do. Um, and it just seems silly of WWE. Like I get what they're doing. Like she had an injury at, at one point of it. So that's fine. But it just seemed like the WrestleMania match happened and they were like, oh, so let's, you know, we're going to prolong the Sasha, Sasha getting the, the women's title for a little bit longer. Um, ah, but it would, don't really want to do it at payback because that's not a big enough show. Probably be big enough at SummerSlam. We could probably do it at SummerSlam, but what are we going to do with them until SummerSlam? Let's just keep Sasha on Superstars and uh, main event and not, not worry about it, not have her be on TV at all, even though everybody loves her, even though she's uh, one of the three people who've been announced as being the the three first three playable characters for um wwe 2k17 along with who were the other ones was it john cena i imagine it must have been john cena and fucking ultimate warrior like that's pretty hallowed company to be in that's how over she is and they just haven't put her on tv weird anyway so this match wasn't ever going to be great and it wasn't um it was fine but it was just a tag match it wasn't even a particularly good tag match um just a bit um and they had this really awful and there was a couple of instances of this not necessarily horizontally but vertically as well and i think you know what i mean but where people are just moving places too quickly like when they're going to be cut off that just you've got to build up to that basically what i'm talking about is when natalia was um trying to get the hot tag to becky and she like crawled 95 percent of the way obviously assuming someone was going to stop her nobody stopped her so she just had to stop and say oh it's just these last few inches that are really the tricky ones aren't they and then somebody broke it up but then she made the hot tag like 20 seconds afterwards so it's like just make the hot tag then fuck it who cares um yeah fairly disappointing thing they did the really annoying really annoying spot that i hate when a heel puts their feet on the ropes which i've got no problem with heels cheat that's what heels do that's fine um but then she kicks out i i am a firm believer that if you are putting your feet on the ropes unless it's against an absolute monster like a goldberg or a rusev in his current run or somebody who they're being roman reigns somebody they're building up as like this guy's a fucking beast like never kick out of that because otherwise what's the point in what's the fucking point in putting your feet on the ropes if it's not kind of a guaranteed victory just seems stupid so they did that which was a, a disappointment um and then yeah charlotte and dana won which i didn't expect i thought it was going to be natalia and uh, becky um but it makes sense because obviously after the match with the um, natalia heel turn crazy crazy um that gives them something to do which is good pushes it forward um for them sets up matches in the future for them uh and charlotte this is like the first clean wit like legal pinfall that she's got in forever i can't even remember the last time that she's won without outside interference obviously in this one she had dana brooke as well but they they were both part of the match so it's just a, a legal thing i honestly this year definitely not on pay-per-view 
Um, maybe at Roadblock. I don't know. I didn't watch that. But um, yeah, it just seemed a, a good decision to, to finally give Charlotte an actual pin and say, hey, she's women's champion for a reason. She's not just a little bitch who gets you know beaten up all the time. Um, and then Dana Brooke did have a lovely uh, line as they were walking back up the ramp, um, <laughs> describing herself as the best protege ever, which I thought was quite quaint. Um, but yeah, Natalia Hilton, uh, I think that's good. I, yeah, I think this match was booked well, but just, you know, was unspectacular. Um, then we've got a Dean Ambrose promo um, about Money in the Bank, which was a bit nothing, but had the hilarious line... Um, describing money in the bank like the jungle uh, and saying the only one thing exists in the jungle and that's the briefcase there's never been a briefcase in a jungle a, you know a, a bag a rucksack sure but a briefcase that's a business thing with papers and important business things not in a jungle dean work out your metaphors there mate let's 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 improve there um then we got Seamus versus Apollo Cruz which again <sighs> It would have taken something pretty incredible to, to make this uh, a classic, an astonishing match, um, which it didn't have. Again, it was fine. There were some nice um, spots in it, an Irish curse backbreaker from the apron, um, which I thought was quite nice by Sheamus. Uh, Cruz did a kind of angle slam at one point, which I thought was a bit weird. Um, and then he kind of snuck a win, which I thought was pretty good because then it keeps Sheamus somewhat strong. Um but uh, yeah, so it's again just fairly meh as a, as a match. Um, didn't really do anything particularly spectacular. Didn't give Cruz any strong kind of motivation or character, which is some, still what he's lacking. Thought there was a bit more of it coming through in the last couple of weeks, but yeah, still just I'm smiley and I'm you know whew, you know I. I thank the fans for getting behind me and I, you know, believed in myself and I, okay, fine, good. Um, then there's a, a lovely advert for Battleground with lots of people with uh, flags of their logos, which I thought was great. That looked really, really cool. Um, and then the final shot of everyone kind of jumping together, like, um, which, yeah, really, really good. I absolutely no idea what Battleground's going to be like, but if it's, if it's as good as the advert, it's all right by me. Uh, and then, here we go. Here's a you want a big match atmosphere. Fucking Cena versus Styles. How big did that feel? This was great, really, really great. As soon as like they kind of start coming down the ramp, and it's yeah, you get the sense like this is you know this feels big, which I kind of always does with John Cena at this point. He's such a big star that it's you know he can't help but make things feel big and important and you know monumental, especially as it's his first one coming back. Um, but this was booked super. Interestingly, um, kind of like Styles was the face. Like he just out wrestled Cena at every single turn. And they didn't mention that much about this being Cena's first match back from injury. So I, I thought they might use that as an excuse of like, well, he's still not 100% match fit yet or whatever. Um, but Styles just dominated. Every time Cena had something going, Styles had a, a response, had an answer for it, um, which I thought was a really, really cool way of. of booking it um it kind of felt at one point all not quite as dominant but it was almost like um when brock came back i think it was at SummerSlam last year um when he uh or the must have been the year before that i guess yeah um when he or was it that would have been last year 
oh, I don't know, whenever it was, whenever that SummerSlam match happened with John Cena where Brock just fucking mullered him and didn't sell anything and just absolutely steamrolled Cena and gave him like 20 F5s and beat the shit out of him. It kind of felt like that, which is, again, good because, as I said in my predictions video, Cena doesn't need to win anymore. Like, he's so over. He's such a big star. He's such an integral part of WWE. He's done so much. People people are so familiar with him and and you know he's so i mean he gets a reaction and in this match he was it it was fairly kind of 50 50 ish and when there was the aj styles let's go senior chance the styles ones were a lot louder generally uh, and he did get a couple of boos throughout um but yeah he 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 doesn't need to win anymore he can use the the kind of respect and you know whatever that he's built up in his time in the company to then put other people over and it, it you know it won't damage him too much because he's fucking John Cena he's he's the face of the company um, yeah so I thought it was booked really really well uh, this match I thought both of them did really well um, it was a, a pretty exciting match as much as um, I was ex- I, I did think AJ Styles was going to win it wasn't you know 100% and there were points that I thought, all oh, right, either one's going to win uh, in the end, which was good. Uh, there was an amazing reversal of um, the attitude adjustment into the uh, calf crusher. It's like so smooth, so slick uh, by Styles, which I just thought was absolutely fantastic. Um, and then John Cena doing his uh, you can't see me punches, but not going back into the ropes and selling the leg. Love it absolutely love it just like so knackered and so beaten up that he can just you know drop the fist I thought that was absolutely fantastic uh, and well done of him again to, to to be selling that much to making his opponent look like an absolute superstar um, I thought absolutely credit to him um, obviously AJ kicks out of the attitude adjustment which means that Cena gets to kick out of the Styles Clash that's just how it goes then the ref bump in the club I I think there are some people that, that were annoyed that the club got involved and there was a bit of a cheap finish. But ultimately, remembering that AJ is the heel, I think that's absolutely fine. Um, he, You know, heels cheat to win. That's that's kind of their deal. Um, and the fact that he won, A, is amazing. Uh, and B, the fact that it, there was some shenanigans going on means that we get to see the match again, hopefully. Um, we get to you know kind of build up to another you know there's a, there's a reason for a rematch um, which is fantastic obviously it's very likely that Cena would win the rematch but still it kind of builds up it prolongs the feud you know um, I don't feel like you need to be too kind of down on the fact that it was a bit of a screwy finish because um, it wasn't a super screwy finish the majority of the match was very very good and yeah I, I thought it was good I liked it and um, yeah let's do it again absolutely uh and then in the spot very again clever kind of ordering of when the matches are in the match that would probably be a letdown um after aj styles versus uh john cena just put fuck it just put the money in the bank match which will never be a letdown after any match because it's high spots and high energy and six men and it's always going to be incredible like these like in terms of writing notes on this when i was watching it it's there's not a lot you can say about it like character wise it's probably not going to forward that much 
Um, but just entertainment-wise, just the high spots. The fact that there's six guys means that there can always be something going on. Um, there's never a sense of people having to, to wait and get their breath back or whatever. It can just be absolutely relentless, which is why they're always entertaining Money in the Bank matches. Um, and I thought this was absolutely... Yeah, I thought this was fantastic. Some of my favorite um, spots were... Uh, Jericho saying that he was going to hit Ambrose 69 times one for each tack um, that was pulled out of his body which I thought was great um, Sami Zayn doing a, a halluva kick at the same time to both Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho I thought that was a great spot I hadn't seen that before um, Alberto Del Rio who really I thought did a you know did a great service to himself made a great showing of himself in this match um, he got lots of C chants, which I thought was nice. Um, he got to use his finisher when he put uh, the Tree of Woe, put Cesaro in the Tree of Woe and kind of rested him on the ladder. It's like the first time he's ever done that finisher where it hasn't looked ridiculous because the opponent's got to pull themselves up halfway in order to take it, which I thought was great, like given that opportunity. Um, and then at the top of the ladder, again on Cesaro, fucking arm breaker, which looked terrifyingly um painful then owens into a super kick and then um cesaro jumping off the ladder into a springboard uppercut like how amazing is that the the athleticism the aim to land perfectly on the rope i I just thought that was superb absolutely superb uh and then cesaro given a couple of swings one of which on jericho just swinging him straight into the ladder looked super nasty very very cool uh, and then obviously the mm. Sami Zayn Michinoku driver onto the side of the ladder on uh, on Kevin Owens how disgustingly brutal did that look because it's like you know each one of these ladder matches you can tell that they're all sitting backstage like right what else can we do what's what's something that people haven't seen before and I've never seen a move done to a ladder standing on its side um, so credit to him for that that looked super painful and I imagine fucking killed um and then it's a shame it's it's always a thing whenever there's any kind of construction involved in these ladder matches that it's always a little bit awkward and this del rio's kind of struggling getting it in the right place and zane kind of had to help him in the end but it did lead to a fantastic image all six of them standing there kind of fighting having a little punch fight which was great um Again, like we were saying, like with Natalia earlier in the night, being too close to the tag without actually making it. A couple of times I thought Sami Zayn was far too close to the um, grabbing the the briefcase without actually... Like at one point, he was kind of just pawing at it for about four or five seconds when he was about four rungs down from the top. It's like, just take two steps up. You look like a retard. Like, oh, I can't quite reach it. It's like, just climb up. That's That's... That's how space works. You close down the space by moving closer to it, by stepping up the ladder a couple of notches. Um, yeah, which I thought was a bit of a shame. Um, and then with these matches, it's, you know, in, in terms of the who wins, a lot of the time, I mean, Money in the Bank's different because it, it kind of sets up what's going to happen later on in the year. But a lot of the time, it's, it, you know, everybody comes out of it strongly it's it's all about it's more about what's the biggest spot and what are the big spots as opposed to oh this person's really earned getting the victory the, the victory is always slightly anticlimactic because it just ends up being somebody climbing a ladder and it takes a long time um it's like a match that can only win by count out you know mm. or a last man standing match which i always think end fairly anticlimactically because it's you know it has to finish with this long extended 10 count anyway um but ambrose won it and i thought yep yeah, fine 
that's you know that's good. He, you know he uh, he deserves a run with the title. Um, maybe he's going to cash in later. Uh, we'll talk about that later, though. Of course, we will. Uh, and then we get Rusev versus Titus O'Neil. A bit of a piss break match, which I think is a shame because Rusev's um, fucking amazing. Rusev came out first, which I thought was BS. He's the champion. Always should come out second. Always should come out second. Um, but then him intimidating Titus's kids, I thought was great before the match started. Um, and then when he was, uh, yeah, um, giving a chin lock to Titus, forcing him to look at his kids. Do you see your children? Which I thought was great. Um, Titus was okay. Like, offense-wise, it's not a huge amount with him. He did a nice spine buster at one point. He did, at one point, he did, like, a pump handle to get Rusev up, and then he just kind of dropped him, and it was all a little bit awkward, which is a shame. Um, but then he did a great reversal of the accolade when he was kind of fighting away from it. And it all looked very scrappy and realistic, which I thought was lovely, uh, and then turned that into a pump handle slam, which looked great, so credit to him for that. Um and then just Rusev with those two kicks that he always does, the kind of swinging side kick and then the jumping kind of savat kick almost, um, which both look amazing. Um, and then the accolade to get the win. Of course he's going to win. He has to win. He's a fucking beast. It's amazing. Uh, and then probably my favourite moment of the entire night, actually. And bear in mind how this night finished. That's a big statement. Fucking getting on the mic and telling his kids, you see your father? He's a loser. Happy Father's Day. Like, what a cunt. What a piece of shit he is. That's the best heel bastard move ever. That's amazing. Um, so, yeah, love Rusev. Thought he came across really well. Again, building him up to be a, a, a real beast. And the commentators did a great job as well of, of saying, you know, super aggressive. We haven't seen him like this before, which is a lot considering, that, you know, he went undefeated for about a year. Um, yeah, super, super impressive. Good booking. Titus looks fairly weak-ish, but, I mean, he's, you know, he wasn't going to do anything anyway. So, I was, yeah, I thought this was good. Um, and then on to the main event, which had a lovely promo package, um, which built it all up very very well uh, but tellingly had only a couple of lines from Roman Reigns just because eh, promo wise although did he, he did a good promo uh, on Ambrose Asylum this week I will give him credit for that I thought that was um, yeah one of his better ones that he's ever done but then obviously he comes out and everybody hates him everybody is booing him um, which is again a bit of a shame because I do think like if you don't like the guy don't do anything just just absolutely sandbag it and don't say a thing that's why the shining stars are you know not on tv anymore because nobody reacted to their presence in any way shape or form that goes over a lot quicker than oh boo because if he's a great heel he would get those boos anyway um but this match again booked interestingly kind of like stars versus cena the the person you know coming into it who was as the heel kind of booked as the face Roman was very heelish in this like shouting at him pushing him down um, being pretty dominant I thought it was very very and again shows what a good heel he would make he's got great kind of heel facial expressions he's got some wonderful eyebrows on him that he knows how to work which is fantastic um, yeah it just I don't know it was very strange booking when you are when they've made it clear from obviously Seth Rollins coming back doing his initial kind of raw promo to say hey I'm the bad guy like why are you going to do that if you then book him as the face in the match and you do a very kind of face-ish 
document like the WWE 24 thing is like that's classic babyface stuff that's why Triple H was such a monster face when he came back after his quad tear because they you know focused on his recovery and like oh he's so dedicated he's working so hard how can that be a bad guy very very strange um and again yes a good match I thought this was a good match um some good uh, spots in it um Rollins did a great sell from the Superman punch just absolutely died when complete ragdoll which is great did a perfect frog splash lovely superplex held on turned into a falcon arrow that looked great um and then Roman did the schoolboy into a kind of a one-arm powerbomb that looked phenomenal because he kind of as he came down only he was only pushing him down with one arm the other arm was kind of held out the back which looked kind of super cool um and then yeah kind of the spear to the barricade which was a shame then the doctor comes out yeah oh don't get all screwy with your finish that's not good um but it essentially just seemed to be there so Rollins could kick out the spear would it not be you know but there was a bit of a delay because the referee was knocked down um which was a shame um, and then obviously he had to kick out the pedigree because he's Roman Reigns. Um, but then they did the amazing, he went for a spear and then Rollins turns it into a pedigree in midair. Fuck hell, what a spot that is. That's amazing. And I did think in my head, like, they must have practiced that. They must have, <laughs> hopefully, I would love it. I'd love to see some footage of them practicing that and just seeing like four or five times Roman just jumping onto his face um, as he runs across the ring. That would, that would make me smile. That would make me smile a lot. And then he, yeah, does another pedigree. And like, there's no way, you know, like knowing how Reigns has been booked, especially against AJ Styles, where he kicked out of all kinds of shit from AJ Styles. Um, when he got that second pedigree, I was like, he can't kick out of this. Surely to God, that just, diminishes the pedigree entirely but then he didn't and fucking Rollins won clean what's going on he didn't cheat he didn't have interference from anybody else nobody came down he beat the champion clean which is incredible um and then obviously Ambrose came down all three shield members having you know being world champion within the space of about five minutes um, which was crazy uh, and it's, uh, another crazy statistic is that for every single member of the shield for their first um title world title reign each one of them pinned one of the other ones um so roman um pinned dean i think i think that was his first one wasn't it roman pinned dean at the end of that um tournament was it oh, i don't know and then yeah seth pinned Roman at WrestleMania 31 uh, and then now Dean has pinned uh, Seth so all very incestuous um, yeah a, a really really good positive um, crazy end to the show I, I really wish though that they hadn't kind of spoiled it on Raw that Ambrose hadn't said hey this is exactly what's going to happen at Money in the Bank because when he says that that says you shouldn't do that anymore because then then it kind of seems predictable um and as much as it was a great ending very kind of kind of unpredictable even so but very exciting you know a big change i don't think people necessarily expected him to do it because he said he was going to do it but if he hadn't mentioned it at all hadn't mentioned it at all then what a shock that would have been that would have been amazing um but still yeah a great end to a decent show i thought it started off 
fairly nondescriptly. The the tag match was okay. As I say, it's you know, often um not amazing for these multiple man tag matches. Um Corbin versus Ziggler, nobody cared because it's the twentieth time they've wrestled. The women's tag match was yeah, unre- unremarkable. Sheamus versus Cruz, unremarkable. Uh, Cena versus Styles was very good. Money in the Bank was very good. Um Rusev versus Titus was good. Uh, and the main event was good. So it kind of, yeah, started off pretty poorly, but ended up um, a lot better. Um, so, yeah, overall, a pretty good pretty good card. Pretty good card. Um, and so all that's left is the Grapple Pie Roundup. Let's crack on with it. Greetings, greetings, greetings of interest. Who won? Who jumped? Also the match of the night. So, three things of interest. Who won? Who jobbed? Match of the night. Three things of interest. Number one, of course, has to be Ambrose and the Shield. Um, I think it's it's a great result for WWE to have done because um, it really it sets up at some point in the future, in the near future, they have to do the Shield three-way dance which is fantastic um triple threat match which is going to be fun it's going to be you know they'll be able to oh, it's it's the match that's four years in the making um it's great to see dean ambrose have a run at the title hopefully he's champion past SummerSlam. it'd be a shame to only do it for a couple of months but um yeah i thought it was good uh, I, I think it yeah opens up a lot of possibilities in the future are they going to try and prolong it past battlegrounds into doing the triple threat at SummerSlam. That seems most logical, but then what are they going to do at Battleground with the world title? Um, is it going to be some kind of, you know, screw job kind of situation where, you know, one of them keeps on, you know, maybe they'll do a, a, a Reigns versus Rollins in the undercard to see who gets to face Ambrose in the main event. And then whichever one loses interferes in the main event. I mean, Ambrose still keeps the titles. Then they say, right, let's just do the triple threat at SummerSlam. Something like that might work. Um, But there's a lot of possibilities. Uh, And ultimately, with any kind of booking decision, that's what you want. You want a lot of possibilities. You don't want anything to be certain. Um, And I think they've done that. I think it was uh, very good booking. Um, As much as I would have liked Kevin Owens uh, with the Money in the Bank briefcase. And I do like that the kind of... I like people having the briefcase because it adds a lot of it adds a little you know frisson of uh, excitement um, at everything because now it's like well nobody's got the money in the bank briefcase for the next twelve months um, which is a bit of a shame but I thought it was great to have it all in one night and um, yeah good um, good decision by WWE and yeah I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, secondly, Natalia turned heel. Who saw that coming? absolutely nobody um again i think it's a good move i think she's fairly bland as a character she's got the kind of the bret hart thing with of being good in the ring obviously not quite as good as bret hart but not particularly good character wise or kind of especially cutting promos on the microphone she's not good um so yeah being a heel might kind of shake things up a little bit and again it sets up new feuds sets up obviously a big feud with her and Becky that can be a big thing uh, which then frees up Charlotte to go against Sasha maybe who knows um, but yeah I, th- I think it will hopefully revitalise her character because she's been pretty boring um, since since Wrestlemania since her whole run against Charlotte really has been fairly unremarkable haven't been a big fan of her um, to be honest um, so this is a good move. You know, whenever you're not particularly excited about a face, 
simple thing turn them into a bad guy see how they do with that hopefully it goes well um and i guess the biggest thing here and it would have been the biggest thing regardless of what happened on the pay-per-view uh is the brand split coming up obviously smackdown is going live on the 18th so that is before battleground uh but not super before battleground so i don't know whether this is going to be the last pay-per-view before the brand split actually occurs or whether they're going to kind of set it up, maybe do the draft before Battleground. And so you know that when Battleground hits, there are going to be certain feuds that are absolutely coming to the close. It's their last chance to fight whoever, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't imagine that Battleground is going to be straight into the, the um, brand split. But um, it does, yeah, raise some questions in terms of who's going to stay with each other, who's going to leave who's going to change around obviously there's going to be a lot of people coming up from nxt um there's going to be a decent amount of people if reports of be are to be believed coming in kind of ex wwe guys coming back some people talking about ray mysterio maybe kurt angle um goldberg obviously with him being in the video game that that room has kind of um gained a lot of traction um but yeah are all of the shield going to stay on the same show um, are Cena and um, AJ Styles going to stay on the same show? These are feuds that you want to see continued, of course, um, but without, uh, you know, with the possibility of them being on the same different shows, it could, you know, it's interesting. But then that could open up positive things where obviously we, you really want to see another match between AJ and John Cena. But if the brand split occurs and they're on different shows, then maybe they prolong, you know, they extend that and tease that out. So AJ Cena 2 happens at WrestleMania next year, maybe. Maybe that's what they do. So, um, yeah, a lot of things to think about in terms of who's going to be on the same show, who's going to be on different shows. Um, New Day, I mean, they had that promo saying, you know, are they going to be on the same show? Are they going to be on different shows? It'll be a shame to break them up because obviously they're doing such uh, good things and whoever's the odd one out is going to suffer massively, I think, and be super jealous of the other two getting to be on the same show. Um, so yeah, the brand split opens up a lot of, there's a lot of uncertainty uh, coming up. And as much as this was a, uh, yeah, I think a good show in terms of how it was booked and storylines moving forward. Um, yeah, the brand split looming on the horizon is like, means everything's a little bit uneasy. The only thing that we can all agree on, hopefully though, is that Corbin and Ziggler different brands let's just do that let's just do that um match of the night i always think for money in the bank it's very difficult to to vote against the money in the bank match it's it's multiple people it's ladders it's high spots it's super exciting um it takes an incredible match like the triple threat match at, uh the women's triple threat match at wrestlemania um, to steal the show away from a multiple person ladder match um and yeah, I don't think anything on here was was good enough to beat it. AJ versus Cena was probably the closest. I did think that was a really, really good match. But ultimately, you know, in terms of the amount of spots and the amount of excitement in the Money in the Bank match, that has to be that has to be number one, I think, for me. That's the match of the night. Um <coughs> chop juice here. Mmm. Mmm. Ah, better lamb cordial. Loser of the night loser of the night um it's a difficult one because there's i mean titus lost pretty convincingly uh, to rusev which knocked him down quite a bit um 
But then, you know, in terms of other people that lost, Seamus lost, but it was just a kind of a squeaky loss, so it wasn't um, particularly bad for him. Um, in the tag match, the, the the faces lost, but then they got into a feud, so they're going to, that prolongs them, so they're doing pretty well out of that. Um, the tag team Fatal 4-Way, whoever lost there loses nothing because it's, you know, it's a, a multiple team match, so that's fine. Um, so I think ultimately the loser has to be Baron Corbin, um, he's a guy who came in with a decent amount of fanfare. He won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, as they love to remind us. Um, and this should have been his kind of, you know, continuing his push. This is his big, you know, feud to to get him recognized on the roster. And yet, pop, you know, very early on in the match um, this evening, there were dueling chants of let's go Ziggler and Ziggler sucks. So people don't even care about him enough to say that he he's good or that he sucks. That's not what you want. You want people talking about your new guy. You want people talking about the guy that you want people talking about, not necessarily about Ziggler, because he can get over anyway. He's he's old and he's more established, so he's he can take care of himself. Um, so yeah, big shame for Baron Corbin. I think he's good. I think he showed some good stuff um, in the match today. But uh, yeah, well, at least this will kind of you know get him onto somebody else, have some fights with somebody else, and um, yeah, see what happens. But as of tonight, he yeah. To, to have people dueling chants that don't involve you at all is never a good sign. Um, and the winner of the night, of course, it has to be Dean Ambrose. Um, to win the Money in the Bank ladder match, to win um, the WWE title, for fuck's sake, that's incredible. Um, I really, yeah, I really hope that it's not, that they're not kind of Zack Ridering him. Uh, I don't think they will because in this you know the reason they Zack Ryder Zack Ryder is because he didn't have any necessarily storylines to to immediately go into whereas this obviously lends itself perfectly to a big long storyline with um you know the X shield triumvirate um so yeah I think this is a long overdue I think he's been booked fairly poorly this year um but still remained over which I think is a great sign uh on the WWE's part that's like well this is a guy who can draw this is a guy who people care about so giving him the belt um is yeah hopefully going to lead to some fun stuff down the line so uh yeah I would say he was the winner of the night as ever as I always say in these uh podcasts and these videos um I only do this because I don't have anybody that I know who likes wrestling i have nobody to talk about wrestling with so i have to talk to this microphone um if yeah do you agree with what i've said do you disagree with what i've said do you think i've missed something big or just have some thoughts that you want to share share them with me please it would be wonderful um on the website danielswan.squarespace.com at twitter or instagram at palugin p-a-l-o-o-g-i-n facebook.com forward slash the daniel swan uh, or even uh, send me an email danielswan41 at gmail.com thank you so much for listening um, I hope you come back and listen to some of the other uh, podcasts I'll be getting up um, I'll probably do one about uh, Raw tomorrow um, but yeah after that I don't know I'm having second thoughts about them but that's another thing to discuss on another time thank you so much for listening uh, and come back and listen to another one soon cheers cheers